0: Yo, you're listening to Five Years Later. It's a podcast slash stream um, about my friend and Trent Vector over here. Um, we did, we've done several podcasts in the past, but we, and we've we done a version of Five Years Later before, um, but we realized that there was so much more that we wanted to talk about other than just comics. Uh, so that is something that we've opened up the podcast to. We're calling it Five Years Later because that, that's the last time we actually really recorded together um and had a like a real podcast uh and the last one that we did together like as a unit that lasted for a little while was arrow tv talk uh but then we've done gotham podcasts, we've done uh some episodes of geek land together uh we did uh the geeks of doom podcast or the comics of doom podcast and we've done a lot together and we really really love and admire each other and we kind of lost touch. So this is our way to get back into touch with each other and just kind of connect. So we're gonna be talking about all things. Uh we'll talk comics, we'll talk video games, we'll talk movies, we'll talk wrestling, all of those things. And I wanted to start off because Trent and I are around the same age, um, with and we both like we we both at the very least like wrestling, if not love wrestling, right?
1: That is correct on so, a camp.
0: Right. So this week, um, Scott Hall passed away, and that was somebody to me that was really, really iconic, and is is probably the reason that I love professional wrestling to this day. But um, I posted that on Instagram at I am Hunter Camp. If you want to check that out, we'll talk about it a little bit more on this. But I wanted to ask you first, Trent. Like, what did Scott Hall or Razor Ramon
1: mean to you? Razor Ramon was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was growing up. The NWO days, I didn't quite catch on with that character, but Razor Ramon, 100%. The bad guy, the Scarface, which I didn't even know was Scarface until later, but right. that character for me was a huge, he had a huge impact. It was him, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I think those were probably like my, my main guys. I had, a, yeah. I, I had a Razor Ramon shirt. I remember this. And... To the point where my mom sent me a message today. say, hey, you didn't tell me Razor Ramon died. And I was like, I didn't think oh, yeah. you remembered Razor Ramon. But right. I guess I must have just talked about him so much as a kid. Right. That my mom knew who he was. So Razor Ramon, 100%, had a huge impact on me.
0: Yeah. Um, and see, that's kind of the opposite for me, because I didn't watch WWF in, uh,
1: when
0: I was a kid. Not really. Like, I think I liked Jake the Snake and... Your like demolition and stuff like that like oh, those yeah. tag teams <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, but the overall like character based stuff I didn't really like fall in love with fall in love with um, so personally I didn't really get into that um, I didn't get into wrestling truly until WCW did the NWO and that was because I saw like legitimately like the marketing aspects of it like we've talked to you like in the past about you and the 1980 on Batman right oh yeah um But for me, NWO, like, I saw that logo. I saw Six's logo with the six ball. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I don't know what this is. And then so I had to know what it was. And I saw Scott Hall do the survey where he would come out, not say a word, just hold a microphone. And then just, like, let the crowd go crazy and go crazier and go crazier. And then just say, hey, yo, survey time. (laughs) You know, who's here to see WCW? (laughs) Are <laughs> you here to see the NWO? And everybody go crazy. And I was thought that that was just the coolest thing in the world. You know, um, it wasn't something that I had ever seen before. Because uh, like wrestling before, I'd seen like, you know, Hulk Hogan go crazy. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. The ultimate warrior screaming to oblivion, being on copious amounts of cocaine. Uh, so to have somebody that's just kind of laid back and cool and do that. I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah. So he was the one that really set off my love for professional wrestling and even more like mannerisms that he did. I even did it when he was Razor, but like that stuff was just so cool. So I wanted to, uh, you know, I don't know if I wanted to be Razor or Ramon or, or Scott Hall, but I definitely thought that that was like, so, so cool. Uh, the toothpick stuff Everything he did was just so awesome. so to see to have him die uh, this week it was just really sad and it's really sad too because he um, he lived a really really hard life and uh, like it came out that he was like escaping PS, uh, PTSD um, with drugs and alcohol and then you know was able to turn his life around for the most part, maybe relapse a couple of times. Um, but then had to have hip surgery, and that's that's how he died. He had three heart attacks when he was what is he was having hip surgery. So it was like all the things that could have taken him out. What actually took him out was you know a hip surgery, which is yeah. a normal pr- procedure. But then just with everything, you know, I guess all the abuse that he's done on his on his body and everything that just took its toll. Um, so it's really sad. Um, Sixty
1: three.
0: Yes. Yes. And and I really. I I think I've I've said this before. Like, I really, really, really love professional wrestling. Um, To me, it's something that I just, like, I know about and care about a lot and, know like, have gone into depth on research and everything. And the importance of Scott Hall in professional wrestling cannot be understated by any means because he was one of the founding members of the NWO. um, But if he didn't exist, right – the crew that basically ran WWE doesn't really exist Um, without him coming over from WWE or WWF at the time to WCW. The NWO really doesn't exist because even if they tried it, it wouldn't have been as successful. Um, The hand signal that they did um, the, the, the Turkish wolf, you know, the two sweet sign um, (laughs) which caught on crazy. Um, Like that doesn't exist. So that real big faction without the nwo you don't have dx without dx you don't have that boom and that that back and forth when uh six became x-pac and did dx so none of that stuff exists right so if you don't have scott hall you don't have any of that scott hall also came up with the 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 crow sting character um Mm. yeah so he was the one that came up with that idea so if you don't have the crow sting you have like one less icon of the 90s you know wrestling boom Um, Without that, you don't have the the curtain call in in professional wrestling. When um, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H did like the two sweet at the end of the house show and. in Madison Square Garden. And then Triple H got punished for that. Triple H was scheduled to win King of the Ring that year. Since he got punished, Stone Cold Steve Austin won King of the Ring that year and cut the, 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 the Austin 316 promo. Dang. Without that Austin 316 promo, you don't have the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't have that whole thing. So everything that Stone Cold did to inspire wrestlers and, and viewers, none of that exists. So you don't really have the success of of wrestling in the 90s without Scott Hall. That just doesn't happen because Scott Hall was the first one that came over to WCW, and that was what made him effective. Um, and again, you don't have the crow staying. Um, you don't have any of those things. So that is a huge, huge impact. Then you don't have Bullet Club from New Japan Pro Wrestling, which was the new boom. Um, the Young Bucks don't really exist in, in the way that they do. So AEW doesn't exist now. Like None of that happens without Scott Hall um, as as a person and as a wrestler. So, very cool. Um, his importance is massive. So, yeah. Um, somebody that matters a lot to me. Uh, I'm.
1: Would you say the Attitude Era is your favorite era?
0: No, not at all. Um, so, personally, I am a WCW guy in the first place. Um, the stuff that I've watched, and the, it, it's Scott Hall. Um, that the reason that I stuck around with it, but like the cruiserweight stuff, GDP Raven, um, the stuff in, in ECW, that was the stuff that I was a teenager. And that's what got me really into professional wrestling. But that is not like my favorite era. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like my favorite as in most, um, satisfying to me as a fan is now, um, but not in WWE. So like all of the independent stuff, what GCW is doing, um, the ROH stuff leading into when AEW uh, got it, like created, um, the New Japan stuff. So like all the stuff that's going on now and in the past probably 10 years is, has been my favorite era of professional wrestling.
1: Nice. Which
0: we actually have a plan once every couple of months on this podcast to go and talk about the formation of AEW through their pay-per-views. So I'm really excited to do that with Trent. But... Hey, yeah. But that's not – this isn't a professional wrestling podcast, although it is because we will talk about professional wrestling. Um, We are talking about all things. So one of the things – one of the goals that we had for the Five Years Later podcast originally was to get Trent and I back into comics. I think we succeeded with that uh, because I think both of us are reading more. Um, I'm not doing as good of a job as you are doing. Um, but it does, like, I follow you on Instagram, of course. Um, and that's at Vactor on Instagram? Yes. Yes. So, follow Trent on Instagram. He posts stories of comics that he has been he reads on his lunch breaks. And I I will say a lot of what you've posted looks really interesting to me. So, do you mind talking a
1: little bit about what you've been reading? Yeah. So, recently, I've been trying to catch up on Batman. Just the main flagship Batman book. And I had gotten caught up with the Tom King run a couple months ago, maybe last, last year, um, around the middle of the year, I got caught up with the Tom King run. And once that run was over, then James Tynan, the fourth came on and he's been on ever since he's just about to wrap up his run and chip Zadarski's about to start. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's it. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of the stuff that he's done. Yeah. Chip is great. Um, and I need to get caught up on his daredevil. Um, But yeah, I've just been trying to catch up as much as I can on all these runs that I've been missing out. And Batman is a character like Spider-Man that I always want to be caught up on the main title. And I've not done Mm -hmm. a good job of that from Batman or for Spider-Man because Amazing Spider-Man I'm way far behind on. Miles Morales I'm way behind on. But with Batman in particular, I was able to kind of catch up to the point where I was current and then fell behind again. So... I want to say I was, I'm like 10 issues behind the current run. And oh, cool. I've really been liking the stuff from the art standpoint and from the story standpoint of what they're doing with Bruce and with Batman. And do, do you mind if I spoil or do you want me to keep it? No, spoiler? I don't mind at all.
0: Cause I actually want to um, like, I want to know what I, like if I want to read it or not. So, okay. Yeah. Well
1: the current status quo is it's after the Joker war, which kind of tore. got well, First of all, Bane came in and and created the city of Bane that messed up Gotham. Then Joker came in and did the Joker war that messed up Gotham. They blew up Arkham. They called it Arkham day or a day that messed up Gotham. All these things have messed up Gotham. And in the course of the Joker war, all of Bruce Wayne's money got taken away. Um, The bat cave was taken away. Alfred was killed. Everything has been taken away from Batman. So Right now, he's just relying on the Bat family, the remaining Bat family, and he's trying to get by. And they introduce a new character called Ghostmaker, which I, first I didn't kind of like him, but now I'm in love with him. He's like one of my favorite characters that they're writing. And he's like Batman, but a little further, a little bit more extreme. Uh, Not to the point where he's like necessarily like Punisher, but he's, he's above what I guess he'll cross a line that Batman wouldn't cross, but he's got the same type of training. He's got the same type of resources. And he's competition for Bruce. He's kind of like they grew up as peers, but you never knew it. It's one of those, oh, yeah, you just never knew about this guy. He was always in the background, but you just never knew about him. But you know
0: how I feel about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm liking the Ghostmaker character and what they're doing with him. They've got, Barbara back in the Oracle chair. I don't know how that happened. I, I hadn't been keeping up. So they completely took all of her, you know, empowerment away when they gave her her uh legs back. Right. And she's back in the Oracle chair. And that's basically the main book right now is Batman talking to Oracle and then trying to figure out the uh the part that I'm in right now is called the uh fear state. And it's all about Scarecrow coming in and and enacting this plan, which is the most fear toxin you've ever seen the the most scared anyone's ever been. And it starts actually with Batman kind of in a hallucinogenic state and he doesn't know how he got there, but he's just scared. And then it, everything is told in flashbacks. We're getting caught up to the point where he's actually gotten this fear toxin in him. So I'm, yeah, I'm just excited about getting caught up because I'm a few issues behind now, but I want to get to Chip Zdarsky's. I think I might just jump in on Chip Zdarsky anyway, even if I'm not caught up. Yeah.
0: Well, that sounds cool. Um, So you're really liking it a lot. Yes. Um, So what's been really confusing with Batman specifically for me um, is I know that there was Joker War, which seemed kind of ridiculous, (laughs) that there were three Jokers, and there was that whole thing, and then Mm -hmm. they went into metal and death metal, Yeah, and then did... like Future State? Have, yeah. Are you in Future, Future State or you're not in Future State? Does that I, even affect what you're
1: doing? No, I read a couple of issues, but it wasn't. The only thing that kind of seemed interesting was there's a black Batman. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Future State goes into, I think it's called I Am Batman. Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes.
0: Yeah. So, and that is um, one of Lucius Fox's children. Yes. And it's not the one that was the Bat character. Like what? what it, I, I forgot what the yeah, name it was. Yeah, like that, Batwing that, Bat, or
1: something. Or yeah, it was whatever. Batwing. Batwing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't Batwing. It was a different one. And I'm like, this is so confusing. <laughs> to me. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Right. Um. So that's not affecting what you're reading. Correct. Yeah, that one. Okay. Is two, <laughs> why separate. does it <laughs> How is it so? You and I read a bunch of comics right at the same time, and I'm okay with the way that this is. Like, if this is, if this is what I think it might be. That's cool. Um, are you saying that like the continuity does
1: not matter as much anymore? Because I'm okay with that. Yeah. It depends on what book you're reading because but, there's actually a number of bat titles that are yeah. coming out that I don't know what, how those tie in. Right. There's like, I am Gotham. There's like Batman reptile. There's like, I'm, it's funny. Cause I'm picking up all of them, but I'm not, I have I'm just not caught up on them. I want sure. to say there's 10 bat titles right now that are coming out, uh, but I've only been focusing on the main book, not even detective. Um, yeah. But I think it's, I think Batman and detective are just the only in continuity books right now. Okay.
0: Cool. I, I mean, think, that's, that's, that's good. Um. So I know you also caught caught up on saga. Yeah. Uh, I have not done that yet. I have the massive one volume that has like the first 50 issues. And I think there are, fifty. how far now? are you? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause I forgot where I was. And so I said all right I'm going to start gonna over. Yeah, yeah I'm going to start over. It is so easy to get through that book. It's like the fastest read I've ever had on mm-hmm. a comic. And I think it's just because there's less talking in it. There's less dialogue and sure. a lot of it is focused on the art, um, Fiona Stable's art. And I got through 55 issues in 2 weeks and that was just reading on my lunch break. So if you have yeah. a dedicated amount of time, you could probably do it in like 2 days. But sure. it's great, you know catching up on the characters, knowing what exactly is happening rather than trying to remember three months, six months later, wait a minute, what happened? Um, it all flows together, you know, as a nice cohesive story. The only problem now is I'm all caught up and now I got to wait month to month. And I was just so used to getting the next one right away.
0: Right. And that's my thing. Um, I do like, I do prefer trades. Like I just do. Um, when there was like a dedicated comic book store like close by to me it wasn't it wasn't a problem because I could swing by and then just mm. read a bunch of stuff in like a couple of hours or whatever. But that's not the case anymore. And um offbeat's fantastic and I can have comics ordered for me, but I don't pay attention well enough to that to like what's coming out that you know that that, that would be good for me. So I really right. just do prefer. Yep.
1: Yeah. Right now I only have saga on my pull list at my my local comic shop which I don't know if I told you this, but um, Atomic Comics was my store for, uh, when I moved to Arizona in 2004, Atomic Comics was my store. Moved to Memphis, came back, and Atomic Comics shut down. They went bankrupt. All of their locations just, the next day they were closed. I was like, what? Right. So Samurai Comics took over and they were like the main store for a while. And I, I never thought Atomic would come back but within the last maybe 6 months they just came back and That's i'm cool. very happy it's it's a great location that they're in is it's, it's yeah. a new store and it's not as big as it once was when when during its heyday sure. um, it's kind of like only the the current issues there's not a lot of back issues right, right, but i've just been taking my wife and my son and they're new to weekly going to the comic shop like yeah um, so that's been a good experience. And then just Saga has been the only one that I say, all right, I'm pulling it every month. And I'm buying the digital too. So I'm trying to support Brian K. Vaughn as much as I can. Yeah.
0: So I'll tell you something that happened that I saw um, with Comixology. Do you still using Comixology yes, or are you using that, something else? I'm,
1: that's my digital pull list. So I'm getting Saga. That's the only book that I'm subscribed to digitally is Saga. Right, right. So what? What? there was a change with
0: Comixology recently, was there not? Yes, so uh, talk to me about the changes because I have not opened com- – like, I don't have an iPad anymore. So, like, that's the way I would read comics digitally. Um, so what's
1: the what's been the change there? So Amazon has owned Comixology for yes. a number of years.
0: I, I want to say since, like, a year after it existed in the first place.
1: Yeah. But it was always kind of, like, in the background, and it was, like, a yeah. loose association. Um, you could get – the Kindle stuff that you buy would automatically sync to Comixology – that was pretty much it. That was the extent of their connection was, right. okay, if you buy something on Kindle, you can get it on Comixology. Now they have completely revamped the Comixology app to where it is the Kindle app. There is no more Comixology app now. Oh. Taken all the UI, all the software is gone and it's all Kindle. Did you ever use the Kindle app?
0: Yeah. I don't actually like the Kindle app.
1: Yeah. That's what Comixology is now. So myself and a lot of people are upset and are not liking it and i know i was listening to a a comic book podcast and uh, a guy that works for comiXology was saying that he's aware of there i guess they are aware that people are not very happy right now so hopefully some changes are coming but it's if you like the kindle app you know it's great you know everything is exactly like it was on kindle but I always read my stuff on the Comixology app. I just took, I would buy stuff on Kindle and, and even Kindle Unlimited, which I subscribed to Kindle Unlimited and Comixology Unlimited. And I would just get them all and read them on the Comixology app. Now it's kind of like, oh man, this is not, I'm really struggling to continue with Comixology. It's like, I, yeah. I even canceled my Kindle Unlimited. I'm still doing the Comixology, but I canceled my Kindle Unlimited subscription.
0: So, do you, do you think Amazon cares? Like, I understand that, like, they're aware that people aren't happy, but do you think they care at all?
1: I hope so, but I have no proof of that. Like, I haven't heard yeah. anything from Amazon, and I haven't heard anyone who works for Amazon. It doesn't seem like it's a top priority for them. Yeah, I
0: wouldn't think it would be. Because, I mean, it's not like comics does numbers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so wonder. Like, why would they, Why would they say, like... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that use it, but at the end of the day, it's like, is that enough to affect Amazon? And it's like, really, at the, at the end of the day, does anything affect Amazon? So why would they change it? Yeah. You Hopefully, know? yeah. Because we'll, they're not known for like being like, especially since they got bigger and recently, they're not, Amazon's not necessarily known for like your opinion matters to us.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't understand why even keep the Comixology branding. If you're going to call it Kindle, yeah. Just keep it Kindle. You know, if you're gonna yeah. make everything the exact same software and UI, just make it Kindle. Why even keep the Comicsology name? Because at this point, right now in 2022, there's nothing that says Comicsology besides the logo. It's like yeah. everything else is Kindle. So, why are you keeping that? You know, that's well,
0: like the the branding would be the only value that they would have in it. Yeah, you know, because it's like that had a name.
1: I yeah, I just wonder what the long term ramifications are. Even um, a buddy of mine was talking to me and he was like, I don't know if I want to read anymore. I don't like digital comics are almost dead to him now because of this change.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And again, I haven't touched the app in forever, so it's it's harder to say. And then like the the comics that I did have, like I had from hell in it, but I was like, you know what? Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a hybrid of digital and physical right. person. Yeah. Um. But when it comes to actually physically reading, like, or when it comes to reading something, I like I really enjoy overall books and it, books in whatever way that is. So whether it's prose books, poetry books, um, any kind of literature, uh, nonfiction, whatever. Right. Uh, I really like that. Um. So with comics, I really like physical also because i like the feeling of sitting down and turning a page and doing all that stuff um and then on top of that you know having a bookshelf to show off what i read yeah. you know or what mm-hmm. i like because it's 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 not just hey that's this item but it's also hey like let me show you this yeah. right um because like i really am and i really enjoy i uh, this is hard to say <laughs> um i don't like want to say it because displaying it's, no, them <laughs> well yeah yeah but what i mean is specifically um a style of like nonfiction that has to do with like I'm gonna sound like a total weirdo but like occult stuff right mm-hmm. and I'm not like into the occult but like historical documentation of like uh you know witch stuff or right. um werewolves or it's basically like you know the stuff that you would see in horror or supernatural. I'll say supernatural So, um, historical documentation of supernatural things, right. It's like something that's really, really interesting to me. And I can't go to my iPad and be like, look at all this cool stuff, you know, but if somebody's in my house, I can be like, look at this bookshelf that has all this real, real weird stuff, like, um, about how the, you know, the, the lore behind werewolves is a, allegory for human violence you know what i mean like i can't show you that book i mean i can show you on the ipad but it's way less cool um to pick up an ipad and be like look at this thing i just found as opposed to like look at this kind of cool thing that you might not ever see you know what i mean um that i really like that aspect with movies some movies i like to buy um with, I think I've told you this. And one of the reasons I got the the um, the PS5 with the disc, the disc edition of the PS5, is so that I can watch 4K Blu-rays. Yes. And like streaming is not always reliable, um, so I want to play it off disc so I can have the better quality, right? For you know, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something like that, right? So, um, that's my kind of idea with that. Now, if I just want to watch a movie a lot of times without the whole experience of, you know, the real quality and going into depth about that, streaming is fine. Um, so with comicsology and with that kind of thing, it's just not, it's not something that appealed to me anyway. Um, so I kind of can feel you if you don't if you don't want to use the the Kindle app anymore, you know.
1: Yeah, you can test it out on your phone, you know, not read the because the screen I'm, is so small, yeah. but just look at the interface and look at the UI and yeah. it's just not, they need to yeah. do something.
0: And then again, like everything that I had on there, I bought physical versions of anyway. So like, I don't really see a use in it. Like I could see it using, the, I could have seen a use like a year ago or six months ago uh, with the experience, but if they've taken that experience away, then there's not really any reason to go down that road. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hope they, I hope they make a change, but I don't, I'm not holding out hope. I'm st- at the yeah. moment I'm still reading, but I'm just yeah. I'm not liking everything outside of once I'm actually inside of the book the comic, and yeah. you know and experiencing it, getting to it, finding my library, looking at where I left off on something, all those things are disappointing.
0: Fair. Right. And at the end of the also, you can't take
1: your, your wife and your kid to the to the Kindle store. You know what I'm That's saying? That's true. Although yeah. there is an actual Amazon physical bookstore. Oh yeah. Do you I have took one fire? my wife too? No. Um okay. I haven't I haven't done any uh specific comic shopping there, but there is an actual oh. store. Is there one where you are? Yeah, there is one in our um oh, one cool. of our outdoor malls here. Actually, there's one in the what? indoor mall too. What does it look what does it like? It's kind of like a kind of like a Barnes and Noble actually. That there's big? The ones there's one that's smaller. The one that's inside the mall is smaller than the one that's outside. But I would say when they had the bookstores in the malls, like the, the Walden, Walden books, books yeah. and it was kind of like that. But yeah, a little bit more variety. Like there's physical books, but then there's stuff you can buy on Amazon. There's, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know, kitchen appliances and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's really that's a that's a very unique thing. Um, speaking of the PS5, we've both been playing some video games, mm-hmm. right? So um, I have upped my streaming, so I'm actually going back to be able to stream stuff uh, right now, uh, and after this podcast, I will be doing more. Um, I'm playing. Uh, I am playing currently the Until Dawn game. And I have about three chapters left of that. So I'm going to hopefully do that tonight. Um, and then I'm done with until dawn, until probably October, where I'll go back and try it again and get all the other stuff. Um, like for the trophy hunt and all that. Uh, I also finished the original Final Fantasy VII when I played it on the Nintendo Switch uh, because I've had like this hand problem where my hand has not been able to move. So I was instead able to like, cause I could use triggers and stuff like that on a bigger controller. So with the PS one game on a switch, I didn't really have to do that much. Uh, so in this instance, I played final fantasy seven because I couldn't do anything else. And oh, it was a yeah. long game and it took me like two weeks. I think of just playing that game to finish it, but I finished it and I was like, Oh my God, this is the greatest game I've ever played. Um, I know a lot of and historically, a lot of the, the discourse has been between Ocarina of Time and uh Final Fantasy VII, is like the greatest game of all time. And I beat Ocarina of Time a long time ago, like I played that when it came out and finished it, and it was like a huge accomplishment. But Final Fantasy VII, considering the amount of time I put into it with the reward of the story, and then like the lore and mythology, the behind the game became like so cool to me. So like I fell in love with it. Uh, and then I, after I finished, I went directly because my hand had healed enough uh, to where I could play the PS5. I went directly into Final Fantasy VII Remake and I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, because I went into it with a different outlook and a different like theory about what the game was. And then seeing that those parts of that theory that I had um, be almost verified. I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really into this and I'm really excited where the second part of Final Fantasy VII Remake comes through. Um, so I think I'm going to be doing Final Fantasy Seven games or Final Fantasy games on Fridays. So I'm going to start the new game plus of Final Fantasy Seven Remake on Friday. So Ooh. I love that game. Um, very, very into it. Very happy about it. And also I played guardians of the galaxy because I'd oh, gotten that a while yeah. ago. And like when it was on sale and I was like, okay, well I need to play guardians because it looks, I like it's here and I might as well play it. And I loved it. And I started talking to you about guardians and then that got you back on it. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Cause I had stopped. My last save was in November um, just because I was traveling and then there was some other games that came out. So I had put it to the side, but I kept meaning to go back to it and watching your progress upped it on my list. I said I need to finish this.
0: So where um so kind of
1: how how far along are you? Did you finish it? I'm uh, no, I'm in chapter 11 now. There's 16 total chapters.
0: Yes, and, and I will tell you the 6th like the 14th, 15th and 16th chapters are really really short. Um so very much yeah. very much check that out. So if you have not played, like what is happening
1: in chapter 11? Do you do you remember? It's they're trying they just met Mantis and they're trying to get Oh yeah, yeah. Drax back to normal cuz he's kind of been taken by this this cult and he's in like a trance like state so mantis is trying to get him back and they're exploring this world and trying to basically all trying to get drax to come back back to normal yes so how like one of my
0: favorite things about the game was the humor um i had been playing like i said i had been playing final fantasy remake so um using the party to be able to like go to this person like shortcut it and then have them do this one thing right um I, i got used to that type of gameplay um, so I really enjoyed the way that that worked in Guardians, uh, but with Guardians, my favorite thing is the humor and the characterization of each one of the, the the members. How how do you like the that
1: part? So it was a little bit tough at first, just because the movies are so ingrained now, and it's hard to remember what it was like before the movies and before these actors' interpretations when we just had the comics, right? Sure. Because the comics were much different. There's been many interpretations of characters, yeah, but the the most recent one, the, the Brian Michael Bendis one, that was the one um, right before the movies, I should say. The the most recent one before the movies came out, Yeah, that was what I was thinking in my head. But now the movie's interpretation of all those characters and all those voices have just become ingrained. So when the game starts out and they're not the movie actors and you're hearing there's these different voices, it takes a little bit getting used to. But then once you're playing it for a little while, you start to get settled in, and those guys become the ones that yeah. you're thinking of. So I like all of the writing in it. That's been by far, it's like reading a comic book. It's 100% yeah. or watching a movie. There's nothing about it that feels cheap or not You know, up to the same level. Yeah, I I'm, agree. I'm loving it. I'm loving the, and that actually is is the reason why I wanted to finish it, because I want to get to the end of the story. I want to, yeah. you know, the the gameplay is is fun for me, but the main draw is the story. I'm, that's just the main thing that I want to get to.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a thing for me in general. Like that, the story for anything is the reason that I that I like it or you know I'm going into it. Um, which is one of the things with Guardians, which I, I found a lot of. Cool aspects too, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the reason why I love, like, I think I love Final Fantasy VII the most. Like, uh, the way that I do is because it's just a bunch of people that don't fit together, you know, like mashed as into one group. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're just a bunch of weirdos that nobody else likes. So, like, they're all in this group together and are uh, are having a good time. And I think that's really awesome, you know. Yeah. Um, the story itself too, with um. The the child, her mother and Star-Lord um, is a really good story to um, the fact that they're kind of just pulled into this thing also, you know, and it's like, you know, we just make mistakes and that's how we get it. We get ourselves into situations and then we got to get out of it. And I thought that was really cool because it wasn't like, it wasn't like clear from the jump that like, Hey, this is what your story is going to be. You know, it's like you kind of get alterations as the thing goes on. The only thing was just the dissension between rocket and star Lord. Um, but, and, and I see where you're coming from with like the, the voice acting and saying like, Oh, well, it's not the people in, in the movie. The only one that affected me in any way was star Lord. And I was like, I was so, used to a different voice for Star Lord that I was just like okay well like the the accent is kind of strange it almost sounds canadian yeah or deep midwestern and doesn't really have like the feel that i'm expecting um but everybody else like Drax i thought was fantastic um Gamora is fantastic I love Gamora yeah and Rocket i, th- I love Rocket in this and like i can't i can't picture another voice even though i've heard a different voice play rocket you know yeah um so i think that they'll just do a really good job You know what's Um, crazy?
1: In the animated shows before the movie came out, they had a British accent for Rocket. Yeah. And now it's like, I can't picture that British. Because at the time, we didn't have anything else to reference. There was no live action versions. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I guess he does. Maybe he does speak with a British accent. I don't know what that choice was. But once the Bradley Cooper interpretation came out, that's like the main accepted one now. So that's kind of how the game is.
0: And what's interesting about the game too, and like the the way that they make sense of it being English or everybody hearing English is because you're Starlord, right? Yeah, um, and they've got an it's got an interpreter device that lets them hear everybody except in like, for group. language. Yes, but they go into that, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, it's because it's such it's a dead language, so nobody necessarily ever sees it. Um, so I like I like that they even explained that. You know, um, big fan of it. Then. Why, why would it be British accent? Right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like if you're going to hear it that way, it doesn't make any sense for it to not sound like you know your version of English or or your version of whatever language it is you speak. Yeah. You know, uh, but I really love that game. Um, I, I'm going to do a new game plus of that. Also, I don't I don't know when I'm going to start that, but I really did like it and I want to go back to it because I just had a, had a blast doing it and I missed some of the costumes. So doing a new game plus would be really cool on that. Yeah, um, but. The one thing that has brought us here, as evidenced by your hat and your background, if you are watching this on Twitch, uh, Twitch TV forward slash I Am Hunter Camp, is Batman and more specifically the Batman. Um, I was lucky enough to see this movie on Monday. Um, I think it was Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday. yesterday. I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a matinee showing in a really cool theater, and man, I told you a little bit about how I felt about it but I flipping loved that movie, and I have not gotten your take on it yet, um, and I would love, love, love to hear what you have to say.
1: I really enjoyed it. There are things that I wish were a little bit different, and the main thing is the length. Um, I wish it was a little bit shorter and cut left a little bit on the cutting room floor and then maybe gave us the director's cut when it came on HBO or when it came on Blu-ray, but this theatrical cut feels like a director's cut. Um, Some of the pacing issues, it it felt, because I saw it twice. I'm actually going to see it again on Friday. So I'll I'll have a third interpretation of it. But on the second viewing, the length, it felt like three hours to me. Whereas the first one, I was so hyped up and pumped up. It didn't feel like three hours. It passed by quickly. I can see that.
0: And I can see that maybe that's not the point. Like maybe it's not designed to be multiple theater viewings. Maybe that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But having watched it a second time, um, what would you have cut from it? Because to me, like seeing it once, I'm like, everything's integral. Like I wouldn't remove anything.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's hard to um, say what, they could have changed as far as the ending with the Riddler's plan. Because for me, the momentum, as soon as he's caught and goes to Arkham, everything goes down from there as far as the momentum of the movie, because everything is building up to that point. And then as soon as he gets caught, it starts going down. So maybe a little bit, something inside of the, or I should say something after he's caught some reduce that portion. I can't think of like these specific pieces to take out, but maybe less of the turning everything into zero year at the end. I'm trying to, and even kind of um, no man's land, like trapping everybody inside of that. They called it Gotham Square Garden. Uh, yeah, but we yeah, all know which I kind of was like, oh, road. come on. Because it was.
0: It was. This was right. shot in New York. Um, it was it was very much Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Gotham Square Garden.
1: <laughs> it's not all called of, New York City Square Garden. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of that stuff after is what I'm thinking. And even the the Joker scene, I think... There was another, I, I was read online, there's another deleted scene with the Joker. Maybe just cut out that Joker part completely and put that in the deleted scenes or on the bonus stuff.
0: Or like the credits, right? Like that would have been a good mid credit scene, I
1: think. Yeah, although I heard uh, Matt Reeves, the director, talking, because after I watched the movie, I was I searched out every interview I could find. And he was saying he didn't want it to be what the Marvel formula is now setting up the next movie. And he was kind of like, and who knows, we'll find out in a couple of years if this is true. He, at this current moment, his stance is, I'm done with the Joker. I don't want to show the Joker in the next movie. This scene was kind of like a standalone. Maybe they'll come back to it later, he said. But he's not really interested in the next movie telling that story. So, Yeah, because it... It would make sense if he's an Arkham to just have them be an Arkham together if they're going to do a different villain and not go directly into that. Yeah. And that would almost also be too much like the Nolan, you know, setup of, oh, we got the Joker at the end. Then he was the main villain in the second movie. You know, sure. I think it would be a little bit too close to that, but overall people were asking me and I, and you told me your feelings on it, thinking about in the history of Batman movies I think I still like Dark Knight better and it's really hard for me to get away from Heath Ledger's performance. If Maybe if it didn't have, if you took Heath Ledger out of Dark Knight, then it would be obviously a completely different movie. That to me still is my favorite. And then even Batman Begins, I I have a hard time putting the, the Batman over Batman Begins in terms of that one is such a good, origin story this one is a year two story so it's not necessarily an origin but it's still him being young and inexperienced and and trying to get to yeah where he becomes so it's still it has a place but it's not necessarily an origin movie yeah and i like batman begins because of that yeah so i'm with you
0: um where we can kind of i think that you and i both can talk about this intelligently um the movie to me felt like a mix between, like you said, uh zero year. Um, it felt like parts of um no man's land or could it, like end up in no man's land. So I guess cataclysm would be the, the more accurate description. Um with, with a flood instead of a like earthquake. Right. right. Um year I one. would say yeah, year one definitely there like was like the narration this was so year one yeah. even the color palette was year one so like that that was it was like watching your it was like having the year one comic which is probably my favorite batman comic I um yeah. on screen which was awesome um but i want to get into that because yeah. batman had been batman it was sort of an origin story but it wasn't necessarily an origin story right um so that was really cool it was also had the telltale um, elements. So yes. the first Telltale game, it was very much, it had a lot of influence there. I feel like the characterization of Catwoman was kind of a mix between the Telltale version and Year one version, um, which was perfect. Um, and even the, Long Halloween, I would say. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, Long Halloween's definitely there too. you. Um, so it's kind of like an amalgamation of like a whole bunch of different Batman stories. Actually,
1: did you read Earth One Batman? Yes. I had forgotten that book because I didn't yeah. like it.
0: No, I didn't it's, like it either.
1: I like Gary Frank's art, but yeah, Jeff yeah. Johns, I think, has really gone downhill.
0: I also, I, I said this when it came out, Jeff Johns should never write back. Because <laughs> so, he's not. he doesn't get the character at all.
1: Right. All of the Alfred stuff is pretty much taken from that, yes. that earth. And I, like I said, I completely forgot about that. Then I was watching stuff afterwards. I was like, oh yeah, that is right. And in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of had a memory of it, but it wasn't, you know, pulling up for me immediately when I was watching it. Like, oh, that's Earth One. And that's, that's the, it's not just, it's not
0: just Earth One, right? It's also the, the just new take on Alfred. Um, Because like you got that kind of character in Gotham. Um, The Pennyworth show uh, is still like the same style of, of Alfred. So I like that a lot. Um, let's, let's kind of, so it's not your favorite. I think it is my favorite favorite. Um, and I kind of want to go into a little bit about, um, why it is and why it might not be for you. So the Nolan movies, I, I cherish and I love, I think Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite filmmakers period. Um, I love the way he approaches things. I love, uh, the way he uses cinema. I love all of it. Right. Um, he is very much a, well, he wasn't until Batman or the Dark Knight, right? Very much a blockbuster director, right? right. He is now, yeah. you know, with Tenet, with um, even.
1: Inception.
0: Inception, uh, you know, those types of movies. Interstellar. Even the Interstellar, the prestige, I would even say to an extent, there's, there's a lot of big budget action to it. Um, oh, it's really, really smart. Yeah. Dunkirk. Um, so I would say that, Without a doubt now, Christopher Nolan is that, and that's as a result of his work on Batman. Yes. That is, if you watch, you know, Memento, if you watch his earlier stuff, if you watch like his, like his indie movies. Mm -hmm. Following. the Yeah, following. Yeah. um, His, what I think that the movie that he always wanted to make with the Batman movies was this movie. Mm. And the reason I say that is because even the elements... That were in the Dark Knight to an extent. Um, if you take Heath Ledger as the Joker, and if you take Bane from uh The Dark Knight Rises, you put those characters together, then that's your Riddler. Because mm-hmm. the Riddler is kind of in this a little bit anarchistic, yeah. um, a little bit chaotic, and uh really at the end of the day. Um, like trying to make a point, like a political point, which was what Bane was doing too. Right. You
1: know what I mean? That's um, what so somebody take- said to me, they said, This is the movie that Nolan wish he made the yeah. Dark Knight Rises. No, I I told you that. Oh, maybe <laughs> like, that was you, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean it might have been more than more than just me, because I think it's true, but it's like That's the stuff that Nolan cared about and Mm -hmm. wanted to do, and like did in Memento and following. Yeah, like the way that he approached his characters was the same
1: way. Which is an interesting Um, idea, but Dark Knight Rises, I think, there's just too much going on in that movie. This is yeah, this is what that's what I'm saying too. So I think
0: that he was, if you take Warner Brothers out of it, and if if you like, if you say that you know Batman Begins doesn't exist, that Dark Knight doesn't exist, and you say like. Christopher Nolan, here's Batman, here's some comics to read so you can just kind of get a take on it. What do you want to make? And I think that he would get the Matt Reeves Batman. Hmm. Um, so I would also say that this take on Batman seems like Warner was just like, do whatever you want, essentially. And just because like it's, it's the Batman that I've always wanted. Like, I've always wanted that dark and brooding Batman that's a detective and all that stuff that's not, like, super action-y, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And it's, like, that you wouldn't think would be, like, hey, this is going to make a bunch of money. You know what I mean? Because, like, my take on Batman or, like, my favorite takes on Batman would be, like, the ones that aren't tie-ins, the ones that aren't events, you know, that kind of thing.
1: That's um, what the... Before Nolan got on Batman Begins, that's what the... I don't know if you ever read that script. The Darren Aronofsky. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. what that seemed like it was going to be. Yeah. Not a blockbuster, like an indie, you know, sure. noir. Like, that's what... And that's what we got in this one was the, the crime noir. And I was glad yeah. because... And I told my wife this. Matt Reeves, the very first thing I ever heard him say once he got the job was, this is going to be a detective story. So I yeah. said, okay... I'm confident that this is in good hands because, for sure, as much as I love the Nolan movies, there is very little detective work that is done. I could count maybe two scenes yeah. in those movies where this is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And I love the Penguin line where he was talking about Gordon and Batman. Oh, world's greatest detectives! Yeah, hey, that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. But um, I, I actually don't think they went far enough with the detective. Like I want it to be a straight up detective story, like over the top. And obviously like I said, it was, if this is a year two story, so Batman is not what in my mind is, all right, he solves everything. He's got an answer for everything. He's got a plan for everything. That's, he's not at that point yet. So I that's the movie I want to see. Hopefully with the next one, It'll be more detective work, more he's solving it. Like as soon as he, you know, as soon as he gets the riddle and as soon as he's getting the crime, he's putting it together. That's the Batman that I want to see. So there were parts of that,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like when you had the, you know, he lies still line, right? And it's like, he got it immediately. Um, There's two, there's two things, right? About this. Uh, Number one um, I think that the elements that you talked about, like the scenes where Batman was a detective in the Nolan movies, like I think that that's what Nolan wanted to do because you could see like the way that he approached that that that's the that's what he wants to do with Batman, but just couldn't because he wasn't allowed to because it's like people are gonna find some more, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that he could have done that and wanted to do that, but I don't think we got it just because of Warner brothers So that's why I say take Warner out of this. This is what we get. Second thing, um as far as it being a detective movie, like, I don't know how much uh, you like the hunting a serial killer story or anything like that, like those types of movies. Um, but I do like really love like that Seven or Zodiac mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? Right. I think that this movie, honestly, if you take one of those movies, um, I, I, I Seven is one of my favorite movies, but I, I struggle to say that it's one of my favorite movies now, uh, considering everything that's happened. Um, but so I'll use Zodiac as an example. Um, if you take Batman and put him into the way that that movie was made, and if you talk about that way that movie was approached, even the length, it's like almost three hours, um, you get this version. Now, back to what you originally said about the end and how you feel like it was kind of like unnecessary you would cut it, Um, I wouldn't. And the reason that I wouldn't is the same reason that uh, like I was talking to my friend Alden about this last night. Um, we were talking and he was saying, oh, well, you know, the Riddler outsmarted him because, you know, he was like, you should have figured this out. You shouldn't like, you know, why didn't you figure this out? Because he thought or the way that he interpreted it was that the Riddler knew he was Bruce Wayne because it, it kind of made it seem that way because he kept saying Bruce Wayne over and over right. again. Um, but then he says the line, like he was the only one we didn't get.
1: Yes. Um A lot of people did not pick up on that, including my wife, after we saw the movie, I I explained to her. And I wonder if part of that was the marketing, because a lot of the marketing was like, you know, sins of the father. Uh, You you didn't watch the trailers, right? No, I didn't. There was a lot in the trailers where it was kind of setting up that Thomas Wayne was going to be bad and... The Riddler and and Batman, or the Riddler knew who Batman was. Yeah. um, Because even the very first trailer, and even that might be something to go back and watch now after you've seen the movie. The the Riddler, they have that, you're part of this too. Just wait and you'll see. Like there's a lot of that stuff that led people to believe that. And then, yeah, I wonder what it is that so many people that I talked to got that impression. Yeah. yeah, it's a misdirect. It's but they say misdirect. it, like you said. He specifically says he's the but only it's one. It's a throwaway
0: line. He's, it's, it's like a throwaway line. Maybe like they just he didn't says, hear it when they're yeah, watching. Yeah, because it's just like it seems like he's just talking nonsense, right? Um, but the reason that the whole back part of the movie exists is because the the thing where he thought that the final the final game or whatever mm-hmm. the final riddle, was that he knew that Bruce Wayne was Bat- Batman, or he knew the Batman was Bruce Wayne. And so he didn't dig further, you know? And so he wasn't outsmarted. He almost like overthought what the Riddler was saying because he was like, okay, well, here's this bat in this cage with a bunch of rats. Like he must know that this is me, you know? And then like Bruce Wayne showing up and he's like, okay, well, he's got to know. So I think that that's also um, a really great, great thing there too is that what you were saying, it's like, oh, well, all this this misdirection and everything like that, like, he's he's convinced that he knows who, that, or that the Riddler knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And then the Riddler says, like, I don't care who you are. That's not the point. You know what I mean? Um, so that, the, that part, like, the very end of the movie, like, post the Riddler, you know, interrogation, mm-hmm. um, you have to state that the Riddler doesn't actually know who he is. You have to state that he doesn't care who he is. And you have to say what the actual final, like, the final murder or the final kill or whatever um, is. And you have to enact on that. So I don't That's why I would say like, yeah, I could see, especially after seeing it more than once. And again, maybe it's not designed to be seen more than once in a theater. Cause I think that you can, you can get overloaded with it. Um, and maybe it's, it's for at home on, on the second or third viewing. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the intended, you know, I'm not the person that made the movie. So I can't say that. But, um, But I don't think you can successfully tell the whole story without that, you know, Um, without the end part. So like, even if it did drag a little bit or whatever, you also have the, you have to, you also have to set up that Gotham is wary of Batman, but like also is learning to trust Batman. Like Mm -hmm. you have to do that too. And that's, that's the element at the end where he's saving, literally saving people's lives, which was great. Because it's not just, he's not just fighting, uh, you know, the Riddler or whatever. He's doing the other work too, which was great. Like where it looked like he was trying to kill himself or like, because he didn't care if he lived or died. <laughs> um, and cut off the 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 lights or whatever. Yeah. Because, yeah, so because did, he didn't want to fall in there and kill everybody. So he was like, I'm going to electrocute myself and just take it. You know, but then to use that, take the flare out and then save everybody, like pull people out. Like that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, the mayor looking at him and being wary of like, I don't want you to help me, you know, cause like you're a vigilante, like I don't trust you. Um, and then having him save the kid's life first and then go from there, you know, like those are all really important things for not just, not just setting things going forward, but also like the story that's being told it's, it's like, and it, again, having it not be an origin, it's the, it's the twist on Gotham doesn't like you part, mm-hmm. you know, from the end of the dark night, it's like, we can't like you, you have to take this punishment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the, so
1: the arc of at the beginning, he's trying to change it through, you know, certain means and certain methods. And then by yeah. the end of it, it's, it goes from vengeance to hope and yeah. inspiring it's people. Perfect. And I've seen different takes on that. Like some people are like, Oh, that's supposed to be Superman. Batman's not supposed to inspire people. And Those people don't read the comics, <laughs> you know, because that's a, that's there. Yeah. It, although it's like, and we've talked about it's this. It's a city of justice. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly put it best. We are we, not. We're not quoting our Kelly on this podcast. We've put it. Are, are, you and I have had many conversations before about yeah. the malleability of Batman, the flexibility yes. of the character, and he can be more than one thing. He's oh, yeah. not always brooding. He's not always a detective. He's not yeah. always, you know. So there's always room for interpretations. I guess for me, I don't. I want to see it again. Like I said, um, this week, and then I really would like to see the commentary with the director because I I just find him yeah. to be interesting or interesting guy, and a lot of the ideas and, and things that he was putting in the movie. I'd like to see specifically that arc of seeing, scaring people at the beginning, like, oh, don't hurt me into right. inspiring people at the end. Um, I guess what he was thinking with that, that, you know, as a director and as the writer, and you know, what's yeah. crazy about this movie is, I don't know if you remember this, this movie was originally supposed to be the Ben Affleck solo movie and I, that would not have worked <laughs> at all. He was supposed to write it, direct it oh, and star. It. And can
0: you imagine can you imagine that version of the Batman in this in this? Yeah. Well, like the killer
1: Batman? No way, dude. I don't know because that's specifically like the Snyder Batman. I don't know how much Ben Affleck, you know, would have taken that. Maybe he would have. He to have continuity with Justice League. Yeah. But I would Okay. Here's the thing, I don't want to interrupt you, but if I'm thinking
0: of it in that and that in that vein, from the Snyder can you Batman. imagine the art style of the Dark Knight Returns? In you take that Batman and just put that overblown like sort of hulking Batman mm-hmm. in year one, that yeah. does not work at all. Yeah, I wonder maybe, if, even visually, it's just no.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he would have slimmed down and tri- because maybe he, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Maybe he would have been playing an older Batman. Uh, maybe he would not have been playing a year two Batman. Yeah, We don't Which know what the, the story was going to be at that point. They just sure. He was announced to write, direct, and star. We didn't know anything about the story. Yeah. Just like when Matt Reeves got announced, we didn't know it was going to be a year two story at first. Sure. So there's, there's elements about Ben Affleck's Batman that I like, but not an overall picture of batman and definitely in this this storyline specifically it would have been weird to see ben real weird Um, yeah but to me i don't think i told you this the mvp of the movie and my favorite and my wife's favorite part was colin farrell as the penguin his performance he was greatly transformed you would not know that was colin farrell
0: i didn't know it was colin farrell
1: (laughs) from the makeup i didn't
0: i didn't So I didn't, I'm going to tell you honestly, like the only person, the only two people that I knew who were in this movie and I'm not, I don't pay attention to actors' names for the most part anyway, but that's not the point. Um, I knew that Zoe Kravitz Kravitz was going to be Catwoman and and I thought that was perfect casting and our bats as uh, Batman. Those are the only two people that I knew that were in this movie. So I didn't even know who Riddler was. Like, I may be familiar with that actor, but I don't know for sure because, like, I was dead on. This is this character. Had zero idea Colin Farrell was Penguin. I knew it was
1: somebody in his makeup, but it was perfect. You know what? You know what is another thing that I've just, you know, I, I ask people at work that I talk to, and I ask people that I know are not reading the comics, what did you think about the movie? And a lot of people said to me, and I think this comes from the Jim Carrey Riddler and and some of the other versions. Why did they change his name? Why wasn't he oh, that, Edward yeah. Nigma? That was a huge thing to people. I was like, oh, I didn't know people cared that much. But yeah. telling them that that was actually a recent change in the comics, where his name is actually not Nigma anymore. Which well, there been a lot of what.
0: times where it wasn't. It was just Enigma because it was an Enigma. Like, I think that was an assumed name anyway. I don't think it was actually, like, whenever he was that name, like, I don't think it was actually that name.
1: There was another, like, it was another Earth Riddler or something that was Enigma. Yeah. and, you know, that leads, I mean, it comes from the the goofy, you know, time that he was created sure. in the uh, the 40s, but I just very, uh, I just didn't think people would, would latch on to that. Um, I really like that actor. His name is uh, Paul Dano. And right. he's playing himself. Like, you know, a lot of people will say, all right, um, I'm trying to think of like an he's actor. He's a scary person if he's playing himself. That's how he acts in most of his movies. And that's why he gets don't, cast as the, like a serial killer a, almost in a lot of Yeah, because he's role. a psychopath. Yeah. Because like where he goes from the, the he,
0: I don't, so I I believe you. <laughs> um, but that you ever see take, There Will Be Blood? I don't I did oh, see it, but I fell man. asleep. Like movie. I fell asleep a lot of times when yeah. I trying To watch that movie. Um he seems like a little kid. Like he seems like he's he's 18 or something. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And he he acted. This is gonna be a very serious thing, and I'm saying it based on one viewing of this movie. The way that he became the Riddler was the same like from a from a Batman fan his version of the Riddler equals uh, Ledger's version of the Joker for me
1: I was thinking that Um, yeah and because it's the perfect take mm -hmm. it's the perfect take and I think the
0: reason that you have to go down the hope line is because of that same that the, the interrogation of the Riddler is the most important scene in the whole movie Um, for, for everything, because it's, you created me and it's like, you don't want me. It's like, you created this, this, this thing. And like, I am this because of you. Like, why are you not like, why are you not happy about this? And so that's the perfect dynamic between the Riddler and Batman. That is the perfect one. And the fact that he wasn't fooled, but he thinks that he, he fooled him, you know, like it was like, he, he overthought. Um, that was super important. Like those elements, and Batman seeing and visualizing, and actually being confronted with what's he, what he's created is where he's like, "Oh crap, I gotta, I've gotta inspire hope." Like I can't do it the way that I've been doing it anymore. And so you have to have those elements at the end. You have to have that meeting between the two of them. You know?
1: Yeah. That one of the things that when I left the movie. I think the novelty of the Dark Knight is another thing that resonates with me as far as I'd never seen a take like that before. And with this movie, I liked it a lot. Very good as far as a realistic take. But because I had seen it in Dark Knight, it didn't leave as much of an impact on me as Dark Knight did. So that's why I say either if there was no Dark Knight or if there was no Heath Ledger in Dark Knight, this movie would have hit different for me. I, um, maybe if there was just Batman Begins. I don't. I mean, obviously, I respect your opinion. The, I the Riddler, don't agree. The Riddler yeah. take is very similar to Heath Ledger. Very I don't similar. not it is. Well, like you said, the take on the Riddler oh, was the same yeah. as the take on the Joker, right? Oh I'm so, not, I no
0: I'm saying I'm saying that like the way that Heath Ledger approached it mm-hmm. uh is equal to me. Like I'm not saying the takes are
1: the same. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying that that's, the what, way that's that, what I mean. Like, the right. level there right.
0: is fantastic.
1: And that's what I'm saying, I've seen it before versus sure. if I'd never seen that before, it's that's it gets points for me when it's novel to me. Yeah. When I when I haven't seen it before, it ranks higher for me. So that take and like I said, just the this is a realistic take. This is what Batman would be like in the real world versus the Affleck Batman versus the George Clooney Batman. Yeah, these are more fantastical takes, and you know there's a place for that, but I've already seen it before, right? Like so, at, if there if it's something that is not going to be different for me, where to the point where I'm just like, oh, I, that blew me away because I've never seen it before. It's just, it's a low, it just goes down a peg, I should say. So that's why. See
0: what, I, I see what you're saying. I think that where like, yes, it is a realistic take on it, but like, that's not the the draw as much for me. The fact for me is like, it's a, it's like an indie movie, you mm-hmm. know? Like that's where, cause like that I've never seen, you know what I mean? And well, I think that,
1: yeah. Something I, that I really liked that I had never seen before was, a lot of the action shots, it looked like it was like a GoPro on the side of the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's zip lining up in the police, that was, I was like, I've never seen that before. This is yes. exciting. It's putting yes. me in the action. And I'll say, yeah, the car chase with the Batmobile was my standout scene. It was my height, yeah. like everything from there. It's like, how do you top that? Um, and it was a lot of the the, sh- the cinematography, a lot of the yeah. way that they filmed it. So that to me was something I'd never seen before. So I, that I just, and, and the penguin too. That was like, all of those things yeah. were my favorite parts of the movie were the things that I wasn't accustomed to.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I, don't I, I agree with you completely. Um, I think that it's, that it's like the indie filmmakers take on it and that it's like a bad, like, I think that in the dark Knight universe, um, the, that, that trilogy you've got a hyper rich Batman that like uses his tech company to weaponize what he's doing. Right. You know? And I think that that's like, there's, there's a different take there. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. you would have, if, it, <laughs> if like one of the corporate owners that thinks that they're changing the world were to be Batman or to use that to become Batman, then I would say that that would be, or like, I would say that would be uh, Nolan's take. And this is like, if you or I mm-hmm. were, were wealthy just because that was our name, but not really like show off it or just like have a pl- just use that location or our, our, our mansion to live, like that would be the difference. So like where you get, yeah, this could really happen, but this is what you would do. You know, so there's like the difference between there, and I think that that applies the the indie take. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's the the serial killer movie. So it's like with with the the Nolan movies, you you still got your you know action movie. It's like an action movie still, right? It's a smart action movie, and I think it's done really well, but it's still an action movie. Yeah, this is a serial killer movie with Batman in it, right? You know, and I think that
1: that's a huge difference. I want to say. The only fighting he ever does is in the club, the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. I don't think he fights, I mean he has a short thing with Catwoman when he meets yeah. her, but there's no obviously there's no fighting with the Riddler. Yeah. Um there's a couple of the Riddler's goons at the end, but for the most part it's not an action movie like you said, it's more yeah. psychological and you know what I liked was the take of he's learning that he can use his money to change, yes. to make a change, because at the beginning, you know, everything is about vengeance. Everything is about he's going to do it the hard way. He's just going to punch his way to right. make a change in the city and making criminals fear him. And then I think by the end of it, Alfred is like convincing him, hey, you, there's stuff you can do. Number one, saving your family's legacy. But number two, yeah, this money can actually go towards change. And I think the mayor, yeah. too. Yeah, the mayor's conversation, well. too. Yeah. So I like that, that idea. And I want to see them expand upon that in the sequel. But it's going to be, if they actually do the Joker again, and they cast, I don't know, you saw Eternals, right?
0: No, I haven't watched
1: it. Oh, okay. Well the actor that plays the Joker is in the Eternals and he's a good actor, but it's going to be very difficult for me to see him as the Joker. Like he's going to have to really transform because the, what I saw in this movie didn't sell me on him as the Joker. Um, There's, there's a longer scene of that that got deleted and I'll watch it when it comes out on Blu-ray, but his voice, his mannerisms, Even his laugh, I don't think, didn't sell me. It it felt like Gotham to me. It felt like TV made for TV. Yeah, and I think that that might be not
0: bad. Um, But I I feel like his laugh was good. Um, I feel like the way he talked was fine. Like, um, there's not much there yet. You know what I'm saying? And it can always. I'm not saying it would. Did you like? Because it obviously is. Did you like Joker the Joaquin Phoenix? I loved that movie. I thought it was good for reasons that it wasn't intended to, intended to be good. Like the guy that made, who
1: made the movie? Um Todd Phillips.
0: Okay. So it seemed like he was trying to make a point um mm-hmm. with but it was it it was almost trying to say that the Joker was the hero? Mhm. Right. But the truth of it is that, like, this guy is actually the villain
1: mm-hmm.
0: because, like, you shouldn't do the things like that. You know, and like, you, there's still something that you can do, you right. know, even if your life sucks the whole way. Right. Like, and the world is completely crapped on you. Like, it's, it's like, this is what it's like. The point is, like, this is what you can become.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? But it's like, He's saying that that's almost good that he became that, or like that was like what they're trying to say. And it's like, this is not good, you know? So,
1: right, yeah. See, but his, I did like his, I did
0: like his take on the genre. yeah. See,
1: that's something that character. I was like, all right, he's not doing a Heath Ledger impression, he's doing his own take. It's an interesting take, and I didn't get that from this actor's name is Barry Keown, yeah. And... I liked him in Eternals. I really liked his character in yeah. Eternals, which you should probably watch that. Yeah, I'm going to. It's on um, it's up there. I didn't I just didn't didn't get a good feel for what he's going to do if they if he has a full on Yeah, and it Joker it was it, it was only first of all it was only like a minute.
0: Right. And so it's it's hard to although like we were convinced with the just the laugh of Heath Ledger back in the day. Um you you're never going to be Heath Ledger in the, as the Joker like that's just not going to happen. Um, and it's likely not going to be the next Batman movie anyway. So it's probably going to be like six years from now. Yeah. Um. So even at that point, like we don't even know that that actor is going to be the one that's going to be doing it. Six they years. Do you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure they will eventually. Because yeah. I think like well, I think you have to at some point tell the Arkham Break story. You know.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much he's going to be involved. So I don't know if you know this. They're doing an Arkham show on HBO Max. Yeah. I wonder how much he's going to be involved in that. And I was disappointed because they had originally said they were going to do a Gotham PD show. And mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be Gotham Central. But Matt Reeves came out and said, well, we actually changed that into the Arkham show. and We're going to put everything that we were doing with the GCPD show, we're gonna put that into the Arkham show. I don't think that's bad. Well, I didn't, I, I wanted Gotham Central just because I love We all want story. Gotham Central,
0: we always want We named our like,
1: podcast after we did, we did.
0: Um, so I mean, we, everybody wants Gotham Central, that's something that we're always gonna want, but it, like, I think you, I think it doesn't, you don't get a Gotham Central show or a movie or whatever by adapting Gotham Central. You know what I mean? Cuz you don't you can't do that story. Like it just doesn't it doesn't work like you have to have mm-hmm. like the, the the no man's land thing happen, you have to have all that stuff happen. Um, you can use those characters and you can use the approach and still have that in anything. Like if you have a focus on GCPD, like, you can do that. And especially if you have it with Arkham because I think that you have to have your characters, mm. but you also have that Batman exists, you know? Right. Whereas Gotham didn't have that. Um, there were elements in the first season of Gotham that were really good and a really good idea, but they just didn't go for it, you know? Um so having Batman exist, having Arkham exist so that you have like kind of a set of these characters. Yeah, I mean like I could see that work and still be like Gotham Central-esque because I think that like if you are making a show that involves the GCPD at all, then you damn well better have, like Gotham Central in your, in your source list. Um, beyond that, I think that having watched the Batman, I think that you can even more kind of see that that's probably going to be the case in the Arkham show, if that's going to have a GCPD focus at all. Because, I mean, like those, car- those cops were corrupt.
1: I think, Gordon and is a lot to be of them it. were, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So I could definitely see the elements of, you know, like going down the line and trying to find the, the dirty cops. That that's that's Gordon's goal as far as that part, and that is 100% Gotham Central.
1: So, yeah, they're also doing a Penguin show, which, yeah. like I said, Colin Farrell was my MVP, so I cannot wait yeah. to get more Penguin. My wife and I still. Are quoting lines from the penguin to each other. Yeah, that's that is a success when you're quoting yeah. when your wife is quoting to you penguin sure. lines. Well, so, I don't have a wife, so I wouldn't know about that. You <laughs> soon, Hunter Camp. Very soon. I mean, well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked that version of the penguin. Um, what do you? Th- How did you feel about Falcone? Great, by John Turturro. Great.
0: Great. Absolutely wonderful. I thought that was a great take on him. And he was also kind of weird. And it was like, yeah, this works. Now, now, Selena Kyle leaves at the end of the movie, right? Do you think that there could possibly be the Catwoman in Italy story in a movie that we could get?
1: Dang. I I don't think they would pay for that. I would like to see it. But I feel like Are it you would kidding? be an HBO Max show. I don't think I don't they would know make Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz after her performance in this movie, like I could see them do
0: that. Like well, I still don't she think she's star yeah, in this.
1: I think she's great, but I still don't think she's the level of like you know Sandra Bullock has a movie coming out with Channing Tatum this week or next week. Guess that, which movie I would watch. Well, that's a hundred percent Hunter Camp. That is not. John Q. Public, I don't think Zoe Kravitz like she just had a movie come out on HBO Max, Kimmy, and I haven't heard anyone talking about that movie. Um, I'll watch it. (laughs) And that's not to say she's a bad actress, but that show that show she had on Hulu, the what was that Jack Black movie about the Uh, the director? Well, it was High Fidelity. um, High
0: Fidelity, yeah. Yeah.
1: That got canceled. You know, I didn't see a lot of people like the people that watched
0: it loved it, but like it's it's taking. A book that people don't really care about. It's taking a movie that people have not really cared about in ages, and so you have to be like super into like the music store scene, yeah, to really appreciate it. So that's not hard. I mean, that's I well, don't think
1: she's, but I think if she was more popular, that's my the whole point is I don't think they would pay for her to have her own movie because she's not to that star level yet, I, and it's because I'm talking about the mass population. Sure. Like even Zoe Saldana, I don't think could open a movie like that. Let's no, say if I mean, she. I mean,
0: I don't think things should. But but what I'm saying is, I think that Zoe Kravitz's popularity is going to skyrocket after this
1: movie. Hopefully, I hope yeah. so. But at this point where we're at right now, I don't see that happening. I'd like to see it, but yeah. I think it's much more possible that it would be an HBO Max miniseries okay. or six-episode. No. Six because, like, look at the Peacemaker show after Suicide sure. Squad. People, it just seems like TV shows are the rage for streaming oh, platforms because yeah, yeah. they want original content. It would be much more likely for, for them to do a Catwoman show because even a Penguin, like, they wouldn't do a Penguin movie. So I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it would be a show before yeah, that makes it would sense. be a movie.
0: Yeah, and I think we talked about this back when Daredevil came out. It's like, that's the when they did the Daredevil show, it was like, well, that's what everything should be. You know, everything should be like the sixth episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. It's just a longer I hope they that. You could
1: tell the story in a longer, in, yeah. instead of having to compress it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked her Catwoman a lot. And. Yeah, too.
0: Yeah. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was absolutely perfect.
1: Um, they didn't. It's like, there's this, the bat and the cat is. A lot of the Tom King run is. Batman and Catwoman. And they had a whole wedding thing in there. And then he's writing a book right now, which is a black label. Yeah, Batman and Catwoman. And it's like an alternate future storyline with those two. So there's a lot of Batman and Catwoman stuff recently in the comics. I wonder... And there always
0: has been.
1: Yeah. But this one is... I mean, because, yeah, you can go back to Batman Returns, but not to the extent of, like, a Superman and Lois, like you're always seeing them together. Batman has had number of female yeah. partners. Even It's no, always Catwoman. Well, you know what I mean? Even the first, yeah, I, I like Catwoman the best. But going back to the Michael Keaton one with Vicki Vale, like that was oh, that's his that's his lowest is Vicky Vale, right? And then Yeah,
0: because that was that was the movie that came out. Yeah. And the But even, even back to 66 and even honestly with the like the, the creation of the character, like in the golden age, like there's always that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always the tease. It's like, well, I can't be with you, you know, because right. it's like you're a criminal.
1: But it it makes more sense now because they're yeah putting her into the anti-hero like you know even harley yes. quinn now is yeah. an anti-hero she's not a villain anymore so yeah it makes sense for them to be together uh more than anybody who was the one with in the grant morrison the um the r.i.p run who was that it was uh something fox or something
0: um oh yeah but i think that was a that was a i know who you're talking about yeah, but i think that like was there, the, that was a Grant morrison you
1: know. a number of different you know oh, fatales, oh do you mean
0: do you, do you mean Talia, or do you mean well her too? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And that's another. You know, you can that she had his son. That's a whole another argument that you can yeah. say for who who well, does he he's belong also with?
0: Kind of taken advantage of, but
1: and that's yeah. There's a whole another uh, yeah. argument about who belongs to Batman. But I think Robert Pattinson did a good job. Oh, he did a great job. I would love to see him a little bit bigger because there was reports that came out that he delayed the movie because he uh-huh. had trouble putting on muscle uh-huh. and you could see it in this. He's like, he's pretty thin yeah. overall. Um, I'd like to see him just a little, not to the Ben Affleck level, sure. but just a little bit bigger. And I'd like, even though it's like you said, this is not an action movie. I'd like to see more hand to hand combat. Cause that's one of the aspects about Batman that I love is that he's training every form of martial arts. And sure. I just like martial arts. Like, that's just yeah, one thing you, I like.
0: So, as, in 2020, this is going to be the last question that I ask you, and then we're going to, because we've been going for about an hour and a half now. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you, do you think in 2022, somebody like, um, like, what's the more threatening villain? Is it somebody that's big and that would, you would fight? Or is it somebody that, like, is going to, like, weasel in and probably kill your whole family and then, you know, with a knife. And then, uh, like, what's more threatening to you? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's hard because I can see both. Because from a physical standpoint, a big guy is always going to be intimidating that he breaks into your house and you can't do anything physically to stop him. But then also... The the psychological guy, mm -hmm. you know, like the saw, like the jigsaw killer, right? That's always going to be, oh, well, he's a step ahead of you mentally. He's prepared traps for you and you're not fighting him. You're fighting the situation. So I could, I could see both. Um, I'm going to add
0: one more thing to that. So like the, the Hulkier guy, the, like almost like Brock Lesnar looking human being. I'm thinking, right. They're physically, yeah, yeah. They're physically threatening for sure. Um, But are they usually smart enough to break into your house? Are they usually smart enough to actually like affect you in any way?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the thing that makes Bane so dangerous because he's supposed to be Batman's intellectual, but Yeah. yeah, I think more recently in 20, if you're saying like in 2022, the psychological killer has been more in vogue recently yeah. like i haven't seen as many it's scarier of the big hulking guys um but me personally both are scary to me like if yeah. somebody's coming after me in either sense it's like i need to be I, batman to stop him yeah
0: i would say usually like the bigger guys aren't really a threat because like they're not it's not really in their personality to to like not only are like it's like whether they're smart enough or not like even if you make a big guy smart is he really gonna like try to hurt you like is that really like that's not usually what the, they're usually nice guys you know like the bigger like guys is usually not somebody that you should be scared of because i mean they're they're all right now the smaller guy that maybe has been picked on his whole life and is kind of a creep and may do some stuff that you are not even just to you but like to other people and then the Uh, Like the the beta male idea and the concept of like, what can you become? Mm -hmm. Like you may not be a physical threat, but you can do a lot of other things. Right. Um, And I think that that's the, again, that's the take on the Riddler. That's why I think that's way more interesting to me. Um, That's way more scary to me. But what do you think? Well,
1: going back to my real fears in real life, I could see both in, in a fictional world both killers are interesting to me and for different reasons. So that's why it's nice that Batman has rogues, you know, obviously I think him and Spider-Man have the best rogues gallery in comics. Of course. Of course. And having that variety just strengthens the hero strengthens that, you know, the guy that we're following that he can beat all of those different types of guys. So I like all I like. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, so that was the podcast. This has been five years later. Um, Trent, thank you so much for coming up here. I love your hat. Uh, next time I might decide to turn the lights on so it's a little bit more brighter, you know, a little bit
1: brighter. You should have wore um, eye makeup. You wore... I should
0: have I, worn... I normally do. Um, but my circles and my eyes are so dark <laughs> that you would think that I would anyway. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this has been the podcast. Uh, Trent, where can we find you on the internet?
1: My last name, Vector, V-A-C-T-O-R... V-A-C-T-O-R. On Twitter, Instagram, and I'm trying to do Twitch, Vector Twitch. Yeah. And if you're interested in other podcasts that I do, um, yes. just go to geeksotospeak.com because mm-hmm. I'm currently doing uh, four podcasts on the Geek So To Speak yeah. Network. And then also, um, I have a podcast with our friend Justin Jorfee called yeah. Rant to the Future. So that Rant is, um, you can just find that, just Google Rant to the Future.
0: Yeah. Um, you can find me at Hunter camp on Twitter. You can find me at I am Hunter camp on Instagram. If you are watching this on Twitch, you know where to find me on Twitch, but if you don't, it's twitch.tv forward slash. I am Hunter camp. Um, I'm going to be starting. I don't know if I'm starting this week or not because I need to get this game, but I'll be doing WWE two K22 on Wednesdays after, after AEW dynamite, I will be doing, um, final fantasy games on Fridays, uh, so it'll be Final Fantasy Friday. Uh, nice. Um, then I'll play some occasional other games. Right now, I am playing Until Dawn. And after this stream is over, uh, I will be going back and playing. Hopefully, It's it's 10.35 here, so I may or may not do this tonight. Um, I have like three more chapters left on Until Dawn. So if you want to come and watch, uh, feel free to do so. Um, we will have a great time. And uh, we can watch all these people die because honestly, like I hate all these characters. and <laughs> So I'm okay with all the parish Rant, rant, rant. Rant, 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 Email, if you want to do that, uh, it is Trent and Hunter Love Comics. Is that what it is? I Vector think it's Vector Love Comics at
1: gmail.com. I usually put, if oh, no, I made it's, it, it's, it's you. Yeah, it's Vector and Hunter Love Comics, Comics. at gmail.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you have anything that you want us to talk about or if you have any questions or if you want to send us money, you can do all these things. Um, I don't know like why you would give us money, but you can subscribe to my Twitch you can also follow me on Twitch you can do any of those things Uh, yeah so I'm going to try to do superhero games and I'll probably start off with the new game plus on uh, Guardians and then I'll go into like Spider-Man again probably because I needed the new game plus on Spider-Man to get that trophy and And then then I don't think I'll do it (laughs) maybe I will and it'll just be bad
1: then I can
0: hate it Um, but the Batman games for sure all these things so, yeah. yeah and we're not here next week or uh, for, for people watching on twitch so I'll do something else on this Tuesday uh, my birthday is next Thursday and if I'm working or not I don't know but if I'm not working I'll probably do an all day stream so we'll see cool 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 well Trent thank you so much it's yeah. a pleasure doing business with you live long and prosper yeah <laughs> <laughs>